Hi guys, hope you're well. Um, this is actually my first live stream live on LinkedIn. So hopefully it works, uh, but if it doesn't, I'm sure someone will soon kind of let me know. Uh, so for about three months now, since the start of lockdown, I started the, the challenge to learn to live stream. And then that has since expanded into uh, YouTube, podcasting and everything that kind of goes with this. And it was almost always one, one of my aims that I wanted to create something which was all about talking to real business people, not always the kind of celebrities that you see, but actually sharing kind of real stories from people that are going on their own journey. We talk about strategy and entrepreneurship and lots of kind of different things, but likewise really kind of dig into the people behind the brands and behind the business. Uh, so far, I've been lucky enough to interview the guy that runs Google in the UK and Europe, uh, professional boxers, uh, and all these kind of interesting people that for me, it's about sharing their story in kind of, you know, giving you the chance to ask questions and then over time, just building up this kind of wealth of knowledge and, you know, different things and different points of view from lots of different people. So I'm going to bring him straight in. We're going to have a chat and then hopefully you find it interesting. But if you've got any questions, comments, whatever, um, please kind of hit me up. So Chris, there we go. Uh, you're now live. Would you like to say hi to everyone? Hello, everybody. Ha, perfect. Um, so we first met, it was at the uh, Northeast Expo. Northeast Expo in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. And we were sat having coffee. And was it Joe from Lumo, I think we were sat with? And um, anyway, and it was just, we, we'd never met and it was a business kind of networking event. And actually, I just instantly quite liked you. And I liked the, you know, your vibe and what you were doing. And likewise, I think for a lot of people who are kind of starting on their own kind of business journey, I'd really like to explore and talk that through, you know, through that today. Is that, is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so would you like to tell people a bit more about yourself, where you're from, what's your kind of background? Um, I've been a lift engineer all my life. Um, I started as an apprentice lift engineer back in 1999 for Stana Lifts. Um, I worked with them all the way through to being technical uh, sales for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, and then I worked a couple of years for Kia Construction, which I believe you worked briefly yeah, for Kia. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, I worked two years for them. Um, and then I worked three years as a service director um hands-on service director for a small independent lift company um and then decided i can do this myself yeah cool um so one of the things i like to do which hopefully people find interesting is almost walk through the journey because what's quite interesting is that you'll have a lot of people who are i don't know 15 16 17 20 30 that might have a bit 50 that might have ambitions to do their own thing but likewise one of my previous guests is a guy called Martin, who again from the Northeast has you know, set up a really successful company. But for him, it was sharing the stories of people that you can relate to as you're growing up. That like, if he can do it, I can do it. Is that cool? So almost like, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Walkerville. In okay. And then were you good at school or you're not? Like, did you always have the drive to kind of do your own thing? Um, I was always... Yeah, I was always good at school at the technical, the hands-on stuff, but not at the not at the English, not at the um, <laughs> not at the history, not at the geography. Yeah, but everything else. Yeah, fine. No, fair enough. So, if walk us through the journey from your career and like as you kind of went through, and if we can just like stick to the good stuff. Although, feel free to talk about the everything. 
but we tend not to name drop if there's anything negative. Just uh, I'm very conscious this is now live to a lot of people. <laughs> so like basically what was your journey through to the point where you thought, you know what, I could do this myself? Um, um, I'd, wo I'd worked for, for Stana for 15 years. Um, and it was, it was, I got to a stage where it was quite, it was quite easy to, to uh, produce, produce their money. Um, as, a, as a technical sales, um, was okay as a lift engineer, was good at te technical sales, so but there was no progression in the company, um, so, which is why I sidestepped to a smaller independent lift company where there was there was a chance of progression. Um, and then, but working there for three years, it was it was hard work. I realized that the progression wasn't what I wanted. It was my own business that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So would you like to describe kind of what the business is and what you do? So where we are rise elevators, we the names on the tin. Um, we we supply, install, repair, and maintain um, lifts, escalators, um, through the floor lifts, disabled people, stair lifts, um, and everything else in between. So the odd you've got the odd car lift and hoist and things like that. But generally, generally lifts. Because what one of the things I always actually appreciate is that. For most businesses, and I think some people get this wrong, arguably, you know, even mine isn't perfect. I like a business that says what it does. You know, so if you if your name is on the tin, what do you do? We do elevators. It's kind of it takes you the customer on a whole journey. Is that so I live near Team Valley and you know, you have hundreds of businesses and you go past some of them and there's a fancy logo and a name, but you don't know what they do. So actually I kinda appreciate um, you know, I guess what you're you know, all about. So how did you find the process of actually kind of setting up your own business? Almost from the day you decided you'd do it, what were the kind of challenges and things that you went through? Well, the first thing was deciding the name and deciding the name that somebody hadn't used. And I realized that, that like you say, a brand was better than a, than a business. I could have called myself KM Lifts, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that brand and the business from the start was better. Um, I come up with the I come up with the name Rise, and then come up with, with what we do for the letters. So refurbishments, installation, service, and examination. Um, and then uh, I spoke to one of our suppliers who I thanked the other day on LinkedIn. Any display, um, any display created me created me brand and created me logo, created the t-shirts, done me vans. They did everything in one hit for us, um, and. That that was it. That was his. That was his set, and incorporate the business and got going. So, did you? I hope you don't mind me asking, but this is all about it's to educate other people as they go through the same kind of journey. Yeah. Did you go to the bank and raise money to buy the equipment? You know, to buy the vans, or did you? Were you lucky enough to get it from parents? I'm just trying to think about the structures of how you went through the process. Uh, no, so it was it was. I did it the hard way. I did it. I, I basically every day for. I think three or four weeks, I drove my wife to work. I used that car. I worked out the back of that car um, until I could afford to to pay for it, um, an, a monthly payment on a van. I must and that's, that's so I took no, I took no loan whatsoever, no. No, but like you will, I'm sure you already do, but it's almost the, anyone that's willing to bootstrap it and almost do it the hard way to generate cash if you can, then reinvest that without actually borrowing. It's so much harder to do, but actually, if you can get it to work, is the fact there's no interest payments, you own 100% the equity, and it's, it's that's the biggest thing, yeah. 
So, like, would you? That's a bit. That's, yeah, it's a bit, the biggest thing is not having the not having to 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 pay out. Is is trying to build the money so you've paid something off and then you move on to the next thing. We're, we're lucky enough that we've paid off one of we've paid off my my main vehicle and I've just bought another another van for the new engineer and just bought it and paid it off outright. It's, it's great to be able to do that, but again, you've got to you've got to make sure that you put some money aside and that's the lot of people are spent on the wrong thing at the wrong time i kind of it's it's actually quite good because when i go i was at a client today luckily i got changed before this because it was really hot and sweaty today but actually it's i always try and treat myself as i would anyone else's business so there's always toys and kit that you want to buy obviously i'm into my tech as we mentioned before the call but actually it's like no no i don't need it yet i don't need, need it yet and it's almost you never know what's going to happen you know obviously we're expecting a fairly challenging time moving forward so actually it's trying to just balance i say the books in a way that both helps you plan for the future but still protects what you've got so i appreciate you almost your your values in doing that way as opposed to you do also get a lot of people often more in tech where they almost from the outset want to raise money through external providers to then spend to grow and then raise more and spend it as opposed to generating cash straight away and i know this obviously varies on different types of business but actually one of the reasons i like to talk about it because there might be some young tech entrepreneurs that actually like learning from yourself um so that's you know i think it's always quite interesting yeah, and the big the, the biggest thing around that is that that they need to, yeah they need to, they need to know exactly how much it's going to cost because some things don't cost what you think they're going to cost. Yeah. So we we bought we bought a test tool that was only it was only eight hundred pound, which is still a lot of money. It was only eight hundred pound, but every time we update it, it's sixty, one hundred fifty, two hundred fifty pound update it. Um, so it's you've got to you've got to make sure that you you know how much it's going to cost you in the long run. Yeah, cool. So how long have you been going at the moment? Um, nine and a bit months, so nearly 10 yeah. months. So actually yeah. we started at exactly the same time, give or take, which is... Yes, yeah, and, and so, did me, so, did me, so did me son at the same time where he was he was at the NA Expo at the same time and he had just, just started as well. I remember because you don't look old enough to have a son who's in his 20s, I'm guessing. 22, yeah. Yeah. But it's either that or it's a sign that I'm getting older and it's just, <laughs> you know, you still picture yourself as being a young buck, but actually not so much anymore. Um, so for the business, how has lockdown treated you? Like, has it, has it been steady? Has it dropped off? How's, how's the kind of impact been? So we, uh, from the start, we, we uh, so with the way I built the business was um, I realized that I wasn't going to win. I wasn't going to win big contracts uh, straight away. No. People, people like to see trust in a business. Um, so I wasn't going to win big contracts. So what I did was I went out to all the other lift companies said, um, I'm a subcontractor. Most of them know is um, I'm a subcontractor. I, I charge this much per hour, this much per day. Um, would you consider using us when you, when, you, when you need us? And at the very start, I was getting bits and pieces off a lot of different lift companies. But then COVID hit. They furloughed all the engineers. And then... Um, then everybody needed assistance. So we were working six, seven days a week, twelve hours a day. Um, so it's been, it's it's been painful. <laughs> it's it's a, a brave or quite a clever decision that when obviously this is like a business strategy related podcast and kind of show, but almost yeah. it's the it's almost 
to actually go out to what are competitors in many ways and say, actually, look, if you're ever at capacity, then use me. It's a very good sales message because it's non-threatening because, you know, if they don't need you, they don't need, but it, it gives people the option of the way I was to kind of describe it. it. It's good to have weapons in your arsenal if you need to flex up and down. Actually, I know Chris, I like Chris, I'll use him for this. Uh, but then I guess you've also got the side of, you know, you still have to eat, you know, so likewise, if no work comes out <clears throat> from those guys, you know, it's how do you, like, how do you do your sales and promotion? How do you, I know you're quite into your social media. Yeah, social media is quite, quite, quite a big, big part of it. Um, but then, then again, it's, it's, it's tapping into different, so a little bit of, of different, um, of di different areas. So obviously, uh, for myself, we've got property investors, then we've got um, property managers, uh, sales and letting agencies, um, obviously other lift companies, construction companies. So just just going going to the going to the companies that I know would would work. Obviously the, the big Kia Kia construction, they they would they would need to see massive turnover to work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, from from being from being from working from past so you don't go to the companies that you know that aren't you're not going to get anything from um waste your time no it's a good chat because actually i had a chat today and we were talking about how you get a lot of companies who they do a lot of actually quite good marketing so they raise awareness on whatever they do but they often miss the key step which is actually the the chat up line the ask and i always try and kind of equate uh, rightly or wrongly business development to dating it's like chatting a girl up at the bar that likewise, you can't just or you shouldn't just walk straight up as soon as you walk into a bar and just, blah, you know, and try and just go for it or it won't work. And then likewise, on the frequency of, you know, if you chat up a girl or boy and it doesn't work, you can't then go back to them the next day and do the same thing. It just doesn't work. But some people try that with sales. And then likewise, with marketing, you get a lot of people that do a lot of show and tell and they do great Twitter and whatever but they never actually just ask prospective customers, what do we have to do to work together? Is there anything we can do? If you need me, get in touch. And I think it's trying to find the balance of the real world mix of people getting to know and like Chris, which is what your brand is all about, that actually, if they have a requirement, they pick up the phone. And that can sometimes take, you know, two, three, four, five years in gestation. But sometimes, sometimes you, get, you get an email three, three years down the line, yeah, so. I had somebody phone us the other day and said, "Do you remember me?" And I, I could recognise his name. On it, the name was still on my phone. I recognised his voice, but I could not remember where it was from. And it was from a job in in Manchester. He says, "I spoke to you five years ago when he worked at Stanner. Um, I'm, I'm having problems with my current lift provider. Can you help?" Mm -hmm. And that. But that is yeah. that's the dream. It's like in the meantime, it's the fact that you must have stayed on his radar somehow. And that is for me is what your live stream is, what your social media is. It's that people hopefully get to know who you are and then you just stay around and show that you're credible and you know what you talk about, but you still need to combine it with actual, the ability to do the job and get a good reputation. So I appreciate anyone that kind of, you know, chips in and that kind of thing. Um, so can I ask you about the business itself? How, how, how many people have you got now? You know, what's your kind of ambitions? We've got a massive three people, um, which is which is it's still, it's still good for ten for for nineteen months of trading. Um, so yeah, we've got, we've got three people, and uh, yeah, everything's everything's going well. We'd like to try and try and get somebody to to deal with the office side at the com currently. That's that's an expense that I know that it will be cheaper in house, but I'm currently farming out, um, and that's 
there is some good people out there who can do um, virtual PR mm-hmm. and, and virtual um, office, virtual accountancy and yeah. office stuff. But we're a twenty-four hour business, so it's it's quite it's quite it's quite hard in that respect. It's expensive because with on that kind of point is that with I think it's a massive jump for anyone to almost have the confidence to employ their first person. I think it is a big deal. And it's, you know, so I really appreciate that. And then likewise, with the whole aim of this, it's about just talking openly about what we do. So for instance, historically, businesses I've run in the past when it was just me, I would just do the old fashioned way spreadsheets and then do manual tax return. But actually, I recently signed up to QuickBooks, which isn't flash. It's it's funny, actually, I'm still, uh, I registered for VAT not that long ago. And soon, I guess with yourself, it's almost, I need to learn how to do my first VAT return. And it's all these little things that in time, you know, I could tell you how to write the book to grow a business, but some of the details, I think not enough people talk about. And that's why I kind of like dig into it. So I appreciate anyone that's almost going through the same kind of thing. Ask somebody who's, he, he does what he does similar to what I do, but he's on the south coast. He says, "What what what do you use for your company?" He says, "I use QuickBooks. How do you use it? I use this package, this package, and I and I, and I adopted it, and and it, it 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 helps the business a lot, a lot, and 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 within that, obviously, we discussed before forecasting. There's a new forecasting option. You, you plan your cash flow within it, so, and it's I think it's five pound a month to plan your cash flow, yeah, and yeah. it's no cool because i must say on the other point when you were saying about how it can be expensive to get extra people and extra resource into a business one of the things that i'm actually very hot on rightly or wrongly is that for when i like to outsource stuff because i don't like fixed overheads Uh, but likewise i'm not a big fan of having people within a business unless you get to a certain size that are non-billable so especially for a small business in theory you want everyone to be able to pay their own way because if they're not, so prime example, if you have someone that's on 20 grand a year, it might be that you need to turn over another 200,000 just to stay still, if that makes sense. Yes, and it's yes. almost where, you know, people I advise, it's trying to find the balance between, you know, each business has its own nuance. But then likewise, depending on what your big ambition is for, you know, so for yourself, you know, what's the big dream for kind of 10, 15 years, 20 years time? Have you ever thought of hey. I haven't thought. I haven't had time to think it through, really. But you know, to have a, a good, a good, um, a good team around us, um, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to eventually have some sort of um, sh- uh, showroom with, obviously, where people can. If you go and buy a lift now, you can't, you can't go and look at one unless it's in somebody's premises. So I'd like to say there's you know, there's a showroom here for for the, some of the bigger manufacturers. Um, um, they would they would use an independent lift company for 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 purposes. Um, think that little thing would help the business and it helps with overheads. But I, but what I like about what you do, and again, if you're looking at your brand position and you know the change in kind of marketing, it's the fact that you're looking to deliver and do something that your competitors don't currently do. You know, so you're actually innovating in every different level of the business. That it's that balance of where if there are different lift engineers. You know, you want the emotional reason to use you as opposed to someone else. And actually, if the classic examples, Apple stores, the Apple do make good laptops, but you know, arguably they're no better than PCs or whatever. But what they have done is create the brand around it. But it's the fact that you can go and play with them and interact with them. And it's the whole thing how it works together. 
as well likewise when you go into Alden Square in Newcastle the Samsung store is never that busy and you know yeah. it, so that's where the, the passion of Chris needs to come through or I guess Steve Jobs historically to differentiate yourself which is quite cool um, so one of the things I like to ask everyone and I must have full disclosure I did send through my questions to Chris earlier on is that you know it's almost it's really good to kind of share knowledge and experience and that kind of thing what would you say are like the top three things that a lot of kind of business owners get wrong when they set up um well we've already discussed i think i think cash and how it how it how it flows into the business is a, is the biggest thing so what what people need to do for for cash flow is to have good payment terms so that's the biggest biggest thing that people need to look at payment terms um and and having the some some customers won't want to pay a deposit so if they don't want to pay a deposit then you need to have some other way of generating money for them and um, so I, I work with a, a financial advisor who who them a little amount to, they keep a hold of the money but it's 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 in our best interest that he's getting hold of it mm-hmm. until the job's done and then then i get it at least we're both we're both financially secure so that's the biggest thing is is moving money around otherwise you can buy a lift and it'd be 20 30 40 50 thousand pound it's a, it's a big it's a big outlay and they're not going to give um somebody who's set up for three months that sort of money and so that's that's that's, that's i think that's a, the top top one that people would need to do in, in my sort of industry because mm-hmm. do you mind if we kind of riff off this a little bit because actually with in a former job uh, i was brought in as md to help take the company forward and when i was kind of looking at everything the company had uh, and I do talk about this in the book as well, but it's almost where one of the things that they were quite fortunate with, they had a, a high cash position just because it was a 40-year-old business, you know, very profitable for a long time. And what I kind of realized is actually if you're a machine shop or a lift engineer or whatever, depending on the assets and stuff that you've got in the bank, which could be cash, it could be a warehouse, it could be whatever, just the ability to offer the same product arguably it could even be more expensive but you can offer it on 90 100 day payment terms because you can afford to could make your business absolutely take off and in the long term it won't actually cost you anything other than the the cost of capital that you could spend elsewhere but it's these kind of things that the more you properly understand all the nuances of even like the challenges that your customers face it might be that they're really cash strapped so actually if you can do various different things it makes their life easier you could be the go-to person versus your competitors that like, no, no, 30 days, that's it. And it's, you know, yeah. people often, they don't always think through everything they could deploy and use to make their business better, if that makes sense. Yeah, so one, 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 of, them, one of them things was it was a catch point too. So um, I couldn't work with certain companies because they didn't want to pay a deposit. But I couldn't, I couldn't trust them to pay us uh, on time. And then the bigger companies who wanted to do the work for them, um, wanted to do the work for them, but it didn't, I didn't have the overhead. So actually, what, what it, it was talked about in the North Tainted Business Forum, I, I went, I went and told them that that one of the one of the tenders was was just turning away small companies, um, and they changed the changed the terms and conditions of the tender so that small companies could apply, because they were asking for like five million pound turnover, where you're not going to have a five million pound turnover. But you can still do the job. You do that. Get you get that quite a lot in oil and gas, where if you try and bid jobs which are too big relative to your size, <clears throat> excuse me, the client sees it as being too risky. You know, because it's all of the yeah. the cash flow and the things that come off it as well. 
so it, it, it it's trying to find the common sense approach that works you know for different environments there's, there's, a, there's a good way around that so i found out that with with most manufacturers of a, of a product if they're over a certain size your parent company guarantee so you pay them a small deposit so for i bought a lift for forty thousand pound it was it was 325 pounds for a parent company guarantee the the, com- the customer transfers the money direct to them the product is owned by the customer if the contracts between the customer and the factory but when it gets delivered then i fit it and then they pay me and that was the, that was the way i did a couple of jobs yeah cool um i've really kind of enjoyed catching up and just for the people that might be new to the way i kind of tend to do this is that i've really enjoyed kind of listening about the business and all the different kind of sides of what we're talking about but i also like my um, guests to almost share some of the knowledge that they've had in the idea that you know there's a lot of people that might watch this or there might be nobody that watches this but you get the point um and the first question i like to ask is what's the best piece of advice you've ever had the best the best piece of advice i ever had was from my old manager at stanner and he said um he said don't be scared of the people who don't like you the only jealous of yourself I think it's true. And it's when you, um, get, you, you get people. He says, "He says it's not that they don't like you. They just don't. They just they're just totally jealous of what you're doing and how 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 you're moving forward." And that's that's it. I uh, I think that's 100 percent correct. And often, you know, so often you can get inside your own head because a chat I had today is that it would be a small business owner or otherwise, nobody's going to push you. You have to champion yourself. But then there's also the worry about. So again, with this live stream. What if some people don't like it? And actually for me, I decided to uh, live stream on Facebook, but also my personal Facebook. So a lot of my friends and family never actually see what I do for work. And I, this is something I'm passionate about. And I love talking to different people, but if they don't like it, just don't follow me. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's, a, it's the classic thing I guess to do with sales is that you have a standard deviation bell curve of people that are early adopters. They're really like Chris, they know what you do and they buy into what, you know, what rise is all about. And then you're going to have people at the other end of the curve that just don't like you, hate your guts, whatever. But actually, when you kind of understand that, I'm okay with that. And one prime example is that recently I got near 18,000 people on LinkedIn, but actually about 400 have unfollowed me. And they could be, you know, when you get spam from China where they just want to sell you stuff and they're just going through loads of people, or it might be people that just don't like me. But actually, I'm okay with that because actually, hopefully there's 400 people that don't mind me. And it's just, it's having the thick skin to just do it anyway. If you think it's the right thing to do, just do it. Because actually, if I don't, nobody else cares if I can't pay my mortgage. Does that make sense? Yeah, you've got 17,600 people who do. <laughs> well, no, I think <laughs> half of them aren't bothered. But it's just, uh, you know, but the thing, like, because one of my classic things is that realistically, when I set up on my own, obviously, same time you did, my approach was I'm going to give it everything I've got. And if it doesn't work, if I've tried the best I can, I'll happily get another job. But what I didn't want to do is get to X point in the future. Maybe it hasn't quite worked. And I knew I kind of half-assed it, if that makes sense. So one of the reasons were just from my background, because I know a lot about cameras and tech, I thought, well, actually, I think I can probably figure out this live streaming thing and I've got some ambitions to kind of take it on. Because why not? You know, it's almost just uh, kind of use what you've got in some ways. And the other question, which I'd like to ask, which again, I ask everyone, is that if you were to give advice to your younger self and you can pick any age, any background, it could be nine months ago, it could be 10 years ago, what would it be? Um, 
it'll still it'll still be it'll be similar to it'll be similar to what the the um, world manager said it was um, similar sort of time when didn't know what how I wanted to move forward and like how I was gonna um, I was happy within the company I was in but I, I wanted to move forward so basically it's it's slow down um, think think it through again before you've made that decision reevaluate and then move on. And the only way you can do it is by just stopping, even write it down and think about it again before you've made that made, made that decision because you could make the wrong decision go the wrong way in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see a lot of people doing that, the sidestep a lot of times in companies, and it's, it could actually move forward if they just thought about it. Yeah. I think on two points, I think it's really interesting. I completely agree. One actually former guest, a guy called Matt McGough, runs uh, Ithaca Films in Middlesbrough. His best of advice was actually to do with you know, if business is a marathon and it can go on for 20 odd years, why are you trying to sprint? Why are you trying to do everything in the first year? And actually for me, that kind of hit home because obviously everyone's got ambitions and you've got stuff you want to do. But actually, if it takes a bit longer, that's fine. And I thought it was a really kind of good piece of advice. But actually earlier today, one of my former guests, a guy called Craig Fenton, and he's the guy that runs Google in the UK and Europe. And he was interviewing a guy who was former Royal Marines and he was, uh, I was in the gym this morning and watching this podcast. And basically he was saying that he was in a really bad battle that he won the Victoria Cross from. And apparently they had this thing where he was in the back of the armored vehicle and he had to exit to then engage with enemies that actually had them pinned down. So it was a, you know, it was a cock on the block kind of time. And I think how he described it was almost where, I think they called it cigar time, where basically he burst out the van, got into protection. Then he just took two, three seconds just to kind of reassess, in theory, have a cigar. That was the, the joke. Clear head, then decide what to do. And actually, I'm going to comment on Craig's video because I've never got a chance this morning. But it was sometimes you just pick up different things. Again, there's no rush. So if you're looking to leave your job, start a business, leave your partner, do whatever, either get advice. Like, did you get advice from other people to say, like, look, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Or did you just know you were going to gonna do it? It was... It was... It was what I should have done in the first place. Uh, it, it's, I sat, I sat for you know, three, four, four years thinking it through all the time. That's what I should have done. Um, so yeah. But the thing is, like people often underestimate it. Is that I, well, I teach people how to do this, and I was second guessing it a lot because there's a lot of risk. You know, there's all of the, the financial stuff, but then there's a big pride thing where actually, what if I do it and fail? And then you worry about what other people think. But actually, sometimes you just need to have the conviction and just go for it. Uh, but I, I applaud anyone that does because it is scary and you don't know what's going to happen. So, no, I appreciate that. Um, before we kind of wrap up, is there anything you want to talk about or plug or that kind of thing? Uh, as usual, I just, which is what I, what I always try and plug on on LinkedIn and Facebook is, um, and I have, wrote, I have wrote them down so I don't forget, don't forget them, is, is the suppliers suppliers and other businesses who help us um and they 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 who help us um so we've got um my website ellen contact by the sea absolutely brilliant any day they've done everything for us the, the make me lift interiors the, the the print stickers for me buttons the print the, the do all my design my vans um the make the custom makers uh plastic items um, just absolutely brilliant clarissa and uh, Angela um, and then I've got obviously my son Joe Lawson videography he'll be videoing at uh, one of our jobs this week um, we're going to refurbish Annick Hospital uh, lift um, it's a 
because he's left and we're going to refurbish it hopefully to nice and as new as we can for the, the money that we spent um, and then then we use a company based in London who just to show we do we also use national companies but he helps us through everything um, he, he's given us a bit of uh, business advice I've been using them for 20 years um, well 16 years PEW <laughs> uh, um, in London um, they're just the the wholesaler who supplied the lift industry and they're just yeah, really good really good company to work with I respect that because actually often you're the first person, a lot of people I speak to do professional service type things where they don't necessarily buy and sell kits, you know, more stock. But actually I think it's a really good point that it's, it's the importance of your suppliers. Because one of the things that I've found as well is that it's when, if they lost trust in you, it could cripple a business. And again, you can't necessarily quantify trust but it's that it's it's massively important. Or likewise, if you're in the shit and you need a bit of help to get something turned around, if they like you, they'll probably do it. And if they don't, they'll hang you out to dry. So it's I think it's almost well, well that's 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 why I plug PEW in London. He, 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 I, I use them when I work at Stana, multi-million pound turnover, and he straight away gives a, a thousand pound credit limit as soon as I started because he trusts me. He knows that I would pay him back. Um, no matter what, so I got my credit limit straight away, which helped. I don't, I didn't, I didn't need it. it. Just means that I can place an order online on my phone, and the part's going to be there the following day without having to, to wait to pay something. Um, and that that does help. It does help. That's cool. Well, I appreciate your time this evening. Uh, moving Thank forward, and for anyone that hasn't kind of seen this before, I clip it all up and it goes onto YouTube, and then it also goes onto. Uh, the iTunes store, Google, Spotify, all was like a podcast. Uh, and then you'll probably now see this on everything from Twitch to Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to lots of different things. And again, it's just trying to share the, 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 the awareness and stuff on really good people like Chris sharing their story. Hopefully I'm going to be doing this for many more years to come. And, um, you know, if you want to be a guest, please kind of get in touch. And again, it's just for me, it's about real people, real businesses, real kind of stories. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the time for anyone that's watched and hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much. Right. See you later, Steve. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, Bye. Bye.